Hey there, welcome to Business Breakthroughs. I'm your host, Neil Deepentino. So glad you could be with us today. I've uh, got an exciting show for you and a great guest. Um, he is an exec- executive leadership coach and, and a lot more. Um, his clients include law enforcement, security solutions. His area of expertise is actually evidence-based practice championships. I, I don't understand what that is, but we're going to find out here real, real soon. Uh, from the Arbinger Institute, please welcome Rick Byline. Uh, Byline. I told you I was going to mess it up, Rick. I am so sorry. I, I, say your name no first. No worries, please. Neil. It's, it's Byline. So the two long eyes, German uh, heritage, you know, just think of it that way. <laughs> okay, gotcha. You know, what I think I'm going to do from this point forward is I'm going to just have people introduce themselves. So that way I never mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, all man. about learning about people. It's all about learning about yeah, people. Good. Yeah, you know, that's right. That's right. Hey, I was looking at your profile on LinkedIn. You have been, I mean, you've got a great background. So you've been in law enforcement. You've been an executive coach. You uh, are working as an executive coach now. Uh, and we're going to d- dr- uh, drill down into that a little bit more here in just a second. But before we do, uh, can you tell our audience a little bit about Rick and what and what you're all about, Rick? Sure. I'd be happy to. Um, and thanks for having me today, Neil. I appreciate it. Um, right. Yeah. So my, my background, I, I've been, I was a police officer for 20 years. I, I, my, my last police department was Fairfax County, Virginia, by way of Smyrna, Georgia and Tempe, Arizona. Uh, I, 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 love, I love police work. I still love it. I love supporting it. Um, I, I followed suit from there after I left policing, I uh, went into software business, doing implementations, uh, training and a number of other things. And I'm not technical by any aspect, but I got into that. Um, as I was doing that, I had, I completed my PhD in, uh, uh, a doctorate of public safety, specializing in organizational leadership along that path. I fell in love with coaching a couple of years ago. One of the, uh, when I was doing my dissertation, the, the, uh, where I got my, ideas for my dissertation when I, when I finished it was uh, Dr. Tom Colditz. He was a brigadier general in the United States military, did a, a study on uh, an extremist leadership, which is leadership to the point of death. And I fell in love with the concept. I utilized it in my own research. And I've been following him for a long time and realized uh, he got into the Door Institute where he was the uh, director at the Door Institute at Rice University. And the coaching program there is a, a breakthrough program for the students at Rice University. And it's now taking uh, universities by storm with some of the evidence-based work they're doing in coaching. Absolutely loved it. Started doing that a couple of years ago, but I, I currently work for the Arbinger Institute. We do, I, I'm a client success manager where I, I assist clients specifically in the state and local government practice and, um, and our public safety environment, mostly law enforcement, fire departments, communications, and, and helping them uh, utilize mindset as an underlying principle to help change, organizational change and help improve relationships, help improve collaboration with the community and collaboration within organizations. And a, a piece of that is coaching. I, I get a chance to, to coach folks and I absolutely love it. And it's it's been a good journey. I really enjoy it. But my, my whole focus and what I absolutely love doing is being able to give back to those who work in public safety because the times right now are very challenging. They have been for several years, as we all know. And uh, if I get an opportunity to help at least one of those folks a day, it's it, it's it's a success for me. That's awesome. So when you're working with public safety, are you working with like the leadership uh, in public safety? Or are you working with the downline? How does that all work out? What's that look like? 
Essentially, it's it's a it's the, usually the entire organization. Normally, it's learning and development folks that are inside those HR. Um, that's where our focus is because we're really a, a learning and development organization. We're more of an organizational development company now, but uh, we our, our training focuses on bringing mindset to the the discussion where mindset drives behavior, drives results, and in public safety specifically, it's helping establish culture change and um, the ability to get rid of that us versus them mentality. So. I, I've I, I continue to work with mostly executive leaders and leadership at the top part of the organization is where a lot of the work that I do currently uh, unfolds. But I do get an opportunity to work with frontline uh, and, and be able to implement practices there as well. Okay, uh, so in your in your uh, profile on LinkedIn, you talk about evidence based. Uh, let me read this real quickly. Evidence based practices. That's something that you champion. How is what is how does that work? What does that look like? So in order to a lot of times, especially in law enforcement, it's it's been a it's been a challenge for a long time where we just do things willy nilly. Right. We go out and, and this happens in, in the management world as well. And I you know, I studied a lot of it when I was working on my MBA. But we there's a lot of research. There's there's stakeholders. There's people that actually do the job. There's expertise. There's there's various quadrants that you can draw on to solve problems. The, the, the issue is we look at problems, everybody looks at problems differently, but we're, we're always going fire to fire and struggling to overcome those issues. And we're not utilizing the evidence that's out there. For example, law enforcement is, and this happens a lot of organizations, you always hear about people, you know, we've always done it this way, so we're going to keep doing that way. And you just, you just, history just repeats itself. Whereas there's a better way to do it. When we look at evidence in terms of scientific research, stakeholder engagement, uh, experts in the field, like line police officers, they know what's going on in the field. Then there's organizational uh, context, like different uh, documents, archives, history. All those things come together to inform evidence to action. And oftentimes organizations don't look at that. They're just going, again, fire to fire to fire. And they're not considering the scientific evidence out there. For example, that's one area that I'm passionate about is specifically in police department in that context we saw problems like from one organization to another based on like Phoenix PD is doing this because Austin PD is doing that. Oh, well, it works over here. Let me try it over here. And it doesn't translate very well because the two environments are completely different. And right. instead, we should be looking at the broader scope. We should be looking at what's the military done with leadership development or what's the military done with dealing with these similar issues, business business informed solutions, but there's a ton of evidence out there that we're not tapping into. And that's where using that and getting that information and, and having people really break that down and help utilize and build solutions for problems that we've been dealing with for a long time that we just aren't solving. And that's where the evidence-based practices come into play. So the evidence is probably there. They're just either overlooking it or don't understand how to gather it or what to do with it once they have it. So how do you get around that type of thing? So let's say if you're a regular business, a small business person. It, you've got to have you have to have an idea of, of your environment, obviously. And, 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 and like for me, one of the things I love, I follow I, David Epstein's work in, um, in Range was a fantastic book. And it really brought a lot of enlightenment to me about how I approach things. I've, I've done a lot of different things over my career and, and, and my life. And it's been great because I've gotten to see different aspects and how things are done in different environments. And it, it's almost goes back to 
you know, Charlie Munger passed away this week. The mental models that you have and you you rely on to solve problems and look at things differently helps you solve these issues that we've been dealing with for a long time. So small business, any business or small police department, small agency, if you if you have an idea of the problem that you're trying to solve, which is very, very important, and you have data to show you where the trends are and what's happening in your environment. Uh, for example, in police departments, you have uh, crime data to help support what's going on in the community. You have feedback from the community. You have officers in the field seeing this is a problem we have to try to solve. And then you take a look at that and you have somebody digging into the information, looking at it, doing research. One of the one of the things that's very fascinating, and I absolutely love that we're doing this, is there a lot of police departments out there. Seattle Police Department comes to mind. Tucson Police Department comes to mind. Even Phoenix PD, they have their own research teams now. They have... PhDs that have been brought in to have build a research team to help utilize evidence-based practices and, and the resources out there and engaging stakeholders and reviewing problems and looking at data to solve these problems. So it could you could do the same in a small business. I mean, granted, you may not have the resources to hire a PhD or but you could certainly go out and find people. I mean, that's part of what I do. I and part of my coaching and part of some of the consulting I do on the side. I, I have businesses that I, I help look at research and things that are outside the scope of things they've ever thought about before and just tap into those resources. There's so much information out there, Neil, so much information, especially in the scientific world, the scientific community on so many problems that we have that are very similar from, from context to context. It's a matter of sifting through that information and bringing it to light. Okay. So... In working with businesses, um, I, mean, I love everything that you said. I, I, I understand that you have to find that evidence and that uh, once you have the evidence, you have to dig deeper and probably even keep digging deeper until you can actually you know, find out what the actual problem is before you can start with a solution. In business, you're right. A lot of people aren't able to, they don't, can't afford a PhD or they maybe are too small there, or maybe they don't have a staff big enough to be able to do that. What would you suggest to somebody who maybe has a small business that wants to use this type of uh, process in order to solve maybe the simplest of problems that they might have in their business? Maybe it's uh, a problem in getting their employees to do what they want to do. I think there's a couple approaches. I, w- I would say there's three main approaches from a from a leadership aspect of a business. You're a business owner. You're you're seeing uh, uh, trends in data. You're seeing uh, you know clients doing things in a strange manner. You're seeing something shift in the marketplace. Understanding the the core problem is really key, and that's where the outward mindset comes into play with what we do at the Arbinger Institute. We we get leaders and, and folks in these positions to look up and out from their normal pain of view and and start seeing others and adjust their efforts and measure their impact by what 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 that means is if we look from other perspectives outside of our own and we're not as focused on ourselves and what we think we know and what we think is the right answer and we open up our our lens a little bit wide and we take a look at what's out there by asking our people just reporting down to our our frontline employees what are you seeing from our customers what are you seeing from our clients that can help me make an informed decision about the direction we need to go or how I need to dig deeper into this problem. I would say that would be an important thing. Obviously, talking to your customers, talking to your clients to see what their needs are, because you know we work, we live in an environment now where things are constantly changing. We need to be agile. We need to be quick to change and shift on a lot of different fronts. In order to do that, 
you have to ask the right kind of questions. You have to know what your problem is. You have to use the data that's available to you. And there's a ton of it. it and it's just a matter of creating a framework and a plan for you to look at these things and keep an eye on them. And it could be just as simple as having some some customer data at your fingertips or having a customer or two that you know you can go to that's going to give you feedback or even looking at the feedback you're being given by clients and customers or your employees. Your employees are such a valuable resource. It, not, not only are they helping you drive your business, but they're champions for your business if, if you speak to them and actually involve them in the process. I think that's a huge thing that a, a lot of times we just don't do. And in law enforcement, that's particularly the case. We have frontline officers that I don't want to say they're being neglected. It's not the fact that leadership is just don't care about them, but we don't ask the right people the right questions and we don't get them involved in the process. And I think when we do that, we start changing that narrative and we start changing that frame to, okay, I know what the problem is now. Let me take a look at other resources and things I, I can look at. It could be, uh, it could be any any number of organizations maybe you're a part of it, depending on your business and where you're at. Like I go to the ICF website, the International Coaching Foundation website all the time to kind of tweak my own ability and, and understand new concepts and ideas in neuroscience and things when we're talking about coaching. And that same can be done from a small business perspective. And you, once you understand the problem, you talk to your people, you talk to your clients, you get the stakeholders involved in the conversation, then you can look at how this problem is applied in other in other areas. You can go to the military research, you can go to, and there's so much information out there in the internet these days. And it, it, you just have to have an idea of what the problem is first so you can then take that and start doing the research that you need to get the information to help solve that problem. That's really interesting. I think as, as I was listening to you uh, talk about this, uh, I, I kind of think about like, you know, people who are in a specific channels, specific business, they think that really all the answers are right there within that category or that, that, uh, that, that channel of business. But a lot of times we can look outside of that business, uh, of the business into other channels and find things that people have done, solutions they found that we could actually maybe use with our business to solve the same problems. We don't have to reinvent the wheel every time, right? No, not at all. And again, it depends on the context, obviously. But if if we are in a market segment that, well, it may not even be the same market segment. It may be something, a problem is a problem is a problem. It's The fire is going to burn here, over here, over here. It's a matter of what they're doing to solve that. And you can, they don't have to take the exact solution they're using, but it gives you a starting point on where to look. Okay, great. I can call that business. And this is another piece. It's outreach. It's It's talking to people and Hey, I understand, Neil, you have this you have this organization you're working with. And I've saw in an article recently published that you dealt with this similar problem that I'm dealing with employer retention. You you changed the way you were developing your talent and you're hiring people. Can you tell me a little bit about that? It's actively listening and actively talking to people in other industries. Don't don't segment yourself in just your own industry. You've got to look outside because there's so much information out there, as we all know, and it, it can be very tedious and it could be very difficult to, to navigate all that. But if you have an idea of where to start, it makes that search a heck of a lot easier. 
Yeah, it's really easy to get pigeonholed into doing exactly what you're doing day in, day out. Uh, and I think I also heard, and I really like what you said about, you know, the officers on the front line and talking with them. Same thing with employees. I mean, employees are are, are super valuable resources that a lot of times, for whatever reason, and I don't, I, I still don't quite understand why, as business owners, as business leaders, we don't use our employees to, I mean, other than you know, their the tasks that they have on hand every single day, but to, to find out what really is going on because they are frontline people. They are they're they're with that customer, with that, you know, whoever, and and we really need to have those conversations with them. Do you have any idea why why business owners and business leaders are reluctant to do that in some cases? It, it seems to me that there's just there's so many things you have to think about as a business owner and business leader. You've got to think about you know day to day. You have to think about your strategic operation. You've got to think about the operational aspects of that, and you've got to think about the tactical pieces of it. And there's so many things going on. As I said, we have all these fires burning and things are shifting. The market's completely shifting on a regular basis and we've got chaos all around us. Again, depending on your context, if you if you can get really bogged down in the weeds without, you know, again, take, taking a look up and out and understanding your impact on other people, not just yourself and how you do business and taking, getting away from that inward focus and looking up and out at the people that you're impacting and your business is impacting. You got into business for a reason. Finding that why and looking at your why again will give you a new perspective on things. And then why do you work here, Neil? Why, why did you come work for me in the first place? And, and getting back to basics sometimes allows us to get out of that you know, cycle, that loop of history that we keep repeating over and over and over again. And I understand and, – and leaders don't do it on purpose. It, there's no intent, I don't think, in this process. You know, sure, there's bad leaders, bad business owners out there. But generally speaking, the leaders that I talk to on a regular basis, that's not their intent. They just they've got so much going on and they just they don't have the time. And but how long does it take for you to sit down and have a five minute conversation with an employee to say, hey, what are some of the challenges you're facing in your role? How long, how how valuable does that information going to or your customer? You have a client walk in the door or get on the phone with or you send an email. Hey, can you just share with me just real quickly? How is how is my business? How are we impacting you in a positive way and a negative way? Get that feedback is so valuable. And if we just mm -hmm. take it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. You know, you, you asking a question, getting an answer. There's so much value there in that. And I just think that's something we overlook on a regular basis because we're so busy. Yeah, I get that. I mean, we're all busy. It's a busy world. Uh, and I think it's even more difficult in this day and age too. with more of the, um, you know, distance of. Uh, you know, working from home, uh, that type of thing. So you don't have that one-on-one. -on -one, uh, you can't just walk into somebody's office or in their cube or whatever and have a conversation with them in the business. Or, you know, so it's a little bit more, you would think it'd be easier, but it's really not. And I really think there's like, you know, a lot to be said about having that that personal one-on-one face-to-face -on -one -face type stuff. You know, so I think I, I could see where that would be a little bit more difficult for businesses that we have that are, especially in, in this day and age. Um, so, do you have any examples that you might be able to give us with some of the clients that you've worked with before, how your uh, philosophy, how your approach has worked for them? Sure. And I, I relate this back to my work at Arbinger because we encompass all of these things, but really we focus on getting people out of that comfort zone to, you know, to not focus on themselves so much, but focus on their impact on others and impact on their clients, impact on their business, impact in the community. Um, I, I can I can give you two quick examples. Uh, one is a major police department on the on the West Coast, and what they've done is they've they've incorporated a, a really 
fantastic leadership development program. And I will tell you this, one of the things that I'm very frustrated by and one of the things I, I want to really change in our business and law enforcement, public safety in general, is we don't develop our people very well. We just don't. We From day one, we teach them the skills and abilities to do their job and we send them on their way. And if I take a test, I become a supervisor and I move up the chain. I, I get very little development. I get very little coaching I get very, because coaching in, in law enforcement is kind of that bad word. It's that taboo. It's, oh, I must have done something wrong. And it's not deficiencies. It's coaching is about building people up, as you know, building people up and, and giving them a place to have a sounding board and, and self-develop and think about things and think about things they would never think about before. But one of this police department in particular is doing that. They, they're flipping it on its head to change the culture of the organization. They're, they get these groups, the cohorts of folks from the top tier part of the organization, and they get them in, they get them in a room for a, a series of uh, a year-long touch points where they're out in the field, they, they send them to the precincts and these commanders who are, you know, you go to the, I always get a commander coming into my, my district and I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I can't deal with this person or the commanders in the room. I gotta go. But this gives them an opportunity to go out and actually talk to those people. Get, like you said, we, we don't, we, because we don't have that, but law enforcement's a different beast, right? Even through COVID they're out there in the field, they're out there doing their job because they can't work from home generally. Right. So these commanders are going out and and taking this this effort and this time to not only learn and develop through this program that they have uh, through us and through uh, their own internal uh, their own internal learning and development people, but they're taking it to the field. So it allows them an opportunity to meet and greet people, talk to people, talk to each other, learn about each other on a personal level, have one on one conversations they wouldn't normally have. And I think that's that is. So fantastic. And, and again, getting looking up and out, seeing your impact on other people and how you can do a better job and be reflective and not so focused on the day to day and the, oh, my gosh, I got to deal with this. I got to deal with that. But listening to people and their ability to do it. And the other piece of it is uh, we've got a, a large police department in the Midwest that we're dealing doing a um, research study in collaboration with uh, a major university. Uh, uh, yeah. Axon is um, a, a big name in, in the business, uh, but there we're doing a, a research study where part of the research study is what I just described to this other police department. But another of it, we're taking from the frontline employees where we're giving them intervention training. But what they're doing is we're measuring two different things, two different data points. One is the community impact. So when an officer goes on the call, after they have this intervention training, they go on the call and then they the community interacts and says uh, they get their feedback from them to determine what what's going on there. And then um, the the second part of that is an internal pulse survey and getting an idea from the officers how they feel about the organization, what's going on, just very basic questions that are being asked. And it, it just gives it gives the organization data points and things to look at that tells them how their people feel, how their people are being, how they're being treated, the psychological safety, the, the inclusion, the belonging of the organization, because all of that's so important and we don't consider it in policing. We just don't consider it. And it's, it's a struggle for mental health, wellness, all the things that cops don't ever talk about, don't ever deal with. And I love that these two things are happening because it allows us to really shake up that whole 
it's time to develop our people. It's time to give them tools and to be successful so that not only they have transparency and accountability to themselves, their, their job, their organization, but to the community and allows them to give back. And we all become a police officer for one of the reason. And one reason is to help other people. That's mm-hmm. the, the blanket answer you're going to get. But that's the truth. I became a cop because my dad was a cop. But I absolutely love the ability that I had to influence a person at least one person a day and to have that ability to, to change somebody's life for the positive just goes a long way. And I think those, those two examples are, are the best I can give you um, that they're really exciting and TBD to see how the research study goes, but uh, I'm, I'm very, very positive to see how this is going to go. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I hope other agencies are looking at what these two agencies are doing and, uh, you know, and, and, and take a really close look at it and see what the results are. So, I mean, you're right. I think that in a lot of cases, I think the police get a bad rap. I think all cases they get a bad rap because you're right. I think you are there to, uh, you know, to help people. And uh, and so if you're, you've got the right programs and you've got the right people doing the right things, then, you know, people will start to maybe – think a little bit more positively about the police officers that serve us. And I appreciate that. Appreciate what you said. Um, So we're coming to the end of our, our, our time together and uh, any final thoughts you'd like to leave our audience with? Yeah, I, I would say, uh, I'm glad you brought it up. I would say the big thing is don't be afraid to, you know, change that perspective, change that mindset and emphasize the value of others and seeing others as, as, you know, a human being like you, everybody's got challenges, hopes, dreams, problems, and those are including your employees, but they also have valuable insight, just getting to know them and understanding their, their own challenges. But in addition to that, it gives you, it gives you an opportunity to talk to them, to tell them that you appreciate them. You tell them that you, you're, what's my impact on you and how can we improve things? Get those data points, get that information, look outside your own lens and open up your lens, look outside your own perspective so you can attack those problems that you're having, the, the increase your market share. It really, you, we all got, it's like being a cop. We, we got in because we wanted to help people, but we all, we get into business. I'm a coach because I love coaching. We get into business. You're doing what you're doing, Neil, because you love what you're doing. And when you have that common shared vision with the people that are around you that are supporting you and you can support them, it makes everything so much better. So I think that using evidence and and talking to people is really, really critical in your organization. So you can, uh, you know, change the narrative and and change the game for yourself and for your organization. I love it. Fantastic. Uh, Rick. So if our audience would like to get in contact with you, find more about, uh, find out more about you and about your business, how do they go about doing that? Uh, I would say the best place to go is LinkedIn. I I, uh, I have my, my entire history there, but I've got the links to the Arpinger Institute in there. Uh, I do some work in, in the security business and uh, I obviously my coaching as well. So that's the best place to get the get the down low on me and, and what I'm about and what I love so much. Sounds great. Well, listen, I appreciate you being on the show today. And that is our show for today. So we're so thrilled that you could be with us. Business Breakthroughs is sponsored by Titan Media Works. Check us out at titanmediaworks.com. That's works spelled W-O-R-X. And also check out all of our other great hosts and the Small Business Delivered Network at smallbusinessdelivered.com. Until next time, have a great day. Look forward to seeing you again. Bye-bye.